Oh, what's up, Craig? Oh, you actually decided to work. Got a family to feed, Craig. Can't be out here not working. It's Friday. We ain't got no job. You ain't got shit to do. <laughs> its name's uh, Craig. Good times. Good times. Hey, welcome to the 13th episode of Eternal Implications, the podcast that uses greater alpha healing sales as coasters. Tonight, I'm joined by my compatriot, Freddie Maldonado and Justin Kalstad. How you boys doing? Uh, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Just uh, getting finished up with stuff over summer break and uh, trying to keep moving on. Going on a camping trip this weekend. Going to be a good time. Nice. What about you, Justin? Uh, I'm just going to work, coming home, being sad that uh, WoW Classic hasn't been out yet, and just waiting for WoW Classic like a kid waiting for Christmas. We got, That's what, three weeks? <laughs> it's the 27th. Yeah, it's the 27th. Like, four weeks, I think. Nice. Well, tonight we're going to break down some of the stats from uh, Mythic Championship Barcelona. See how our predictions came out. Uh, spoiler alert, I was the most right about things. Uh, if, if time permits, I'm also going to talk about uh, Bant. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so our 10 predictions for the Mythic. Um, the deck with the highest win percentage uh, was actually Esper at 61.1%. And then Hogak, and then Hogak Dredge. So... I I predicted blue white control. I wasn't far off. To be fair, one of the two people playing Esper was uh, Wafotapa, like the control master. Yeah, uh, but I feel like those numbers are pretty inflated because there's only two people playing it, and uh, you got some pretty decent people playing it. Yeah, so sixty one percent. That's still pretty pretty insane. How I many to... how many overall were in the Mythic Championship? Just. I'm... I'm not sure. I think like 450 or 550. I was going to say around 500-ish, right? Yeah. Um, Wow. So two copies out of 500 decks. Yeah. And watching Wafo play was super impressive, too. Like, he's so greedy, but so good and so patient. I love it. But I predicted blue-white. Travis predicted humans. And you predicted uh, Phoenix, Freddy. Yeah. Let's say... You uh you were the closest, I guess. <laughs> You're still about eleven percent off. Um, but uh, the deck with the lowest win percentage was Bant Snow Company at zero percent, which is insane to me. Zero uh, <laughs> percent. And then even more insane to me is the Devoted Druid decks was only twelve point five percent of a win rate. That's crazy. Um, I predicted Neoform, which had a forty one percent win rate. Travis predicted Bogles at and it was at 40%. And once again, you were very right on this. You predicted Storm. Storm had such a little showing that there's no data. Well, I think I said something along the lines of you'd have to be dumb enough to register Storm at the Mythic Championship. I believe you did say that. And uh, and Travis was like, no, someone will do it. Someone will do it. And Literally one person did it. One person did? Do we know yeah. who? Uh, not Caleb Shear. Okay. I uh yeah, so when, when we were talking about that though, I was like, nobody's gonna play Storm in this meta right now. Like it can't I don't know. If you're going to try to win a mythic championship, which I'm assuming if you're going to a mythic championship, that's your overall goal, like why would you not play one of the best decks? And like why would you even toy around with the idea of playing Storm in that meta and I guess I was right. So Yeah. So then we made our top eight predictions. Um, 
Uh, Travis got two right. I got four right. You got one right. Um, Travis predicted Amulet, Phoenix, Dredge, two Dredge, Blue Light, two Tron, uh, and then bring Light Scape Shift. Uh, and then I predicted Wurza, which is in, two Phoenix, one of them was in, Dredge, Blue Light, Jund, which had two showings to the naysayers, <laughs> including Travis last week, who didn't think the deck was good. In your face, it's great. Uh, <laughs> and then bring the lightscape shift. Uh, I was wrong on, but there was a copy of Hogak. And then, Freddie, you predicted two copies of Phoenix, Blue Eye, Dredge, Infected, Human. Phoenix was in there. Um, our predictions for Hogak was, I predicted, yeah, it'd show up in one deck. Travis predicted in Dredge. You said no. Um, and then we did our over-under on Snowlands. There was 10. Travis and I said over. You said under. Um, and then over under on 25,000 average viewers on Twitch. Uh, I said under, Travis said over, you said under. It, it was lucky to pass 20,000. It was definitely under. Oh, wow. uh, none of us got a top eight competitor, right? I said Reed, he came in 16th. Um, Travis said Shota Yasuoka, he came in 371st. And you said LSV, who came in 286th. Reed and LSV were both on Hogak. Shota was on Is It Phoenix. Um, breakout card of the uh, the tournament, Hogak technically, but it was the resurgence of Jun. There's two copies in the top eight. I said Astrolabe, Travis said Card and the Great Creator, you said Hogak. Um, overall winning deck was Tron. I thought it'd be Phoenix. Travis thought Dredge, he thought Blue Light. Um, the most played card at the tournament was Leyline of the Void. There were more copies of Leyline of the Void in main, in main decks than there were copies of Goblin Guide. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> Uh, I, I'm personally upset about it being a burn player. <laughs> like, I need to see more copies. But once again, like, I'm sure burn was played. You know, it's a very 50-50. And if you're an above 50-50 player, you can up that win percentage, no doubt. So, um, yeah. but I, like, I'm not really surprised either. You know, like, my own personal biases aside, like, I love the card, but it's... I don't think Burn is in a super good spot, like, and I don't really know what else it, that would play it right now. That is so, right? Not at all surprised for for this tournament, at least. How do you feel about it, uh, Justin? I mean, it's my favorite. With people talking about how uh, obviously Leyline of Void is a broken card. It's played yeah. so much, it needs to be banned. But it's, I mean, it really, it's they banned the boogeyman and then just kind of nothing changed. I mean, it changed because yeah, we don't have this ridiculous version, but it definitely changed. Yeah. But it's like, is, is it better? Like, is is the meta better? Yes. And we'll get to that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think these ley lines were an overreaction to the overreaction of playing Hogak in the first place. Um, next up for another crazy stat. Before we move on, on that, the ley line of the void, I mean, I think it's one of those, it's kind of like the last time when everybody was worried about Phoenix. And yeah. so you've got main deck surgical extractions. I think last last one it was, uh, there was more copies of surgical extraction registered than like the number of participants in the tournament. Like, yeah. you know, you're going to have those reactions to when there's a deck to beat, people are going to, you know, tune to try to get there. Um, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, yeah. Well, and can we point out that Leyline was the one of the most was the most played card, and Hogak still did great. Yeah. Also, accessibility is, and granted, I don't think as much as the Mythic Championship, the guys that are playing that are going to get the cards they need regardless. 
but right. I just think accessibility right now with it just being reprinted in Core 20, it's definitely a card that you can just, you know, get, and it's fairly cheap right now, I believe. Yeah, Justin, I think part of that relies on the beatdown plan of Hogak. If you can just get a bunch of dorks into play, and you can just convoke out a Hogak and still win. Problem is, is, a lot of these decks just expect to get to play a piece of hate and just get the win. Um, and that's not the case. You need to be interacting and you need to be applying pressure. And I think the perfect example of that was the last round of Swiss, the Mono Red, uh, the Mono Red Phoenix player. Um, he had some disruption or whatever. Uh, his disruption was cast Lightning Bolt targeting my opponent's face and presenting a better clock than them. Um, he had turn two Hogak every game and Phoenix still won. Like, it, it's definitely a beatable deck. Um, but once again, we'll discuss that a little bit uh, a little bit more here shortly. Um, fact number three, there were less than two pilots for Infect, Storm, or any Death Shadow variant. This Infect big... doesn't surprise me. Uh, I, I know Travis is very high on the deck, and I know Justin's very high on it. I don't think it's very good right now. There's too much gut shot and too much lava dart. Too... <laughs> I was going to say, too much uh, one one damage removal for free yeah. or close to free. Like, right. yeah. And well, then, the Death Shadow. Yeah, that's the surprise to me. Nobody thought Storm was going to show up, and so that deck's trash. Um, but uh, yeah, the Death Shadow things get to me. I think Death Shadow is very good right now. Like the Esper variants and the Marty variants, I think they're very good. Um, but I think they are also a high skill cap deck. And even though it's the Mythic, you want to hedge as much against you know letting the the human aspect get in the way. So a lot of people do play a lot of decks that have built-in redundancy and aren't going to be as punishing. It just happens. Um, but yeah, I, the Death Shadow thing is a surprise. Um, the next fact is Hogak was half of all the constructed decks that went 8-2 or better, but only had one copy in the top 8 because many of the players struggled in the limited edition. Uh, once again, uh, I think it's because it was out in force. Um, it's, uh, you throw enough darts, they're, they're going to hit. Uh, once again, uh, we'll touch on that. And then number one, two copies of Jund made the top eight. And this is why I think things are fine. Um, we'll, we'll go ahead and use this as a segue. If Jund is good, how bad can modern actually be? Jund is the epitome of fair. Name a more fair deck than Jund that's actually competitive. It, it, it's there, there isn't. Like you're interacting, you're putting creatures into play and attacking their life total down from 20. I think people are overreacting and freaking out because a lot like they did with Phoenix, but because this is from a new scary product, uh, the obvious reaction is, is ban it. Um, Hogak is very powerful, but Modern is a very powerful format. Um, I think the bridge ban was enough, and I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see it get banned just because of the outcry and the whining, um, but... I honestly think if it's facilitating for decks like Jun to be good, I have no problem with it. Um, but a lot yeah, of people I, are going to. I think with that too, when you look at uh, Jund being good right now, like it's it's a fair deck. Like you said, it's the epitome of fair. It's like I'm going to pay two mana and cast this creature and attack you with it. Hopefully, when I untap next turn, like. I mean, there's not a lot going on there other than Liliana the Veil and like the the hand disruption plan, but like and, those are all still very, yeah. they're still very fair interactions. You're not like doing anything that's out of the line there. And so I think with 
Um, like you said, there's, you know, this uproar about Hogak and this and that. And I, you know, I think it's, it's fine. I don't, I'm not worried about it at all. Like, um, we've had decks before explode, you know, dredge for a while there was like, ah, creeping chill. And then, you know, it settled out and it's fine. And I think it's overrepresented right now. And as people, uh, find out they're not as good with the deck as they probably should be, if they're going to play it, they're probably going to move on to something else. Like, I don't know. It just seems, it just seems like one of those things. It's new. It's fun. Uh, in a format where you don't get new and fun very often. So, you get fun yeah. a lot, but not new. So yeah, I'll agree with you there. Like the Hogak deck is very, very fun to play. I think it's. I mean, <clears throat> going to like the next ban, you know, stuff like that. People keep talking about what needed to be banned, and when it comes to not fun, I think the um, when you're going into you know turn one, turn two combos, whatever with the uh, Neo form stuff like that, that's not a fun. That's that's not a fun one. Hogak, it's 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 a fun one. It was fun to watch the first, you know, like twenty times I've seen someone do the deck, and then the new ones are interesting. Jund is interesting. The meta is interesting, which I'm just I'm very happy looking at these meta results. Which I know the mythic might not be, you know, the best spectrum of exactly how modern looks right now, but I'm glad that Neoform is only forty one. You know, what is fun about playing against Neoform is watching it lose to itself. That is true. Yeah. I got to do that in real time Saturday. Uh, Zach played it, and he mulled to like four game one, and I just uh, with Marty Pyromancer, and then game two he mulled the six, and the hand just didn't get there. He just missed. So that's so rough. Yeah, for him. <laughs> so. This last time I was on here, we were talking about how it has that Cheerios effect, where it's a really fast deck, and you know, it's Cheerios takes forever to you know sometimes they take a long time to combo. So it's like, you know, you sit across somebody, you shuffle your cards, cut their deck, and then you watch them play a bunch of zero drops for, you know, 10 minutes and the game's over. It's not fun, but is the deck actually powerful? Neoform, it's a powerful deck, but, you know, is it really as powerful and scary as people say, or do people just hate that deck? I think people just hate the deck. Yeah. So, but yeah, that, no, that brings us on to the BNR comes out August 26th. Uh, doesn't something else come out August 26th? Uh, wow, Classic, I believe. Okay, yeah, oh, I was just no. checking. 27th, come on. Is it the 27th? Oh, okay. Oh, it'll be a good week either way. Um, do you think there will be any changes? No. I don't think anything's getting banned. Um, you know, there's cards that like I want banned, but I don't think that they're actually problematic and need to be banned. It's just my own, like, but What cards do you want banned? Uh, I hate the card Mycosynth Lattice. Like, it okay. upsets me every time I get it cast against me. It's one of those no-fun cards, and it's super, like... Oh, my God. Anyway. No, I feel you. I, I think that card's terrible to deal with. But, but again, like, I don't think it's necessarily a problematic card for the format. It's not, you know, you're not comboing it out turn one. It's, like, turn four or five, which it's a win condition, and yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Um... A lot of people are talking, is Ancient Stirrings as good at or is better than Faithless Looting? Tron and Harden Scales for the finals. Um, I, I would definitely argue yes. Yeah, I think it's close. Um, yeah, I think the big, uh, like, I think the big, big thing uh, is, um, was, like, it's obvious why Storm and Infect were pushed out of the format. 
do we think Shadow was actually pushed out of the format, or do we think it was underrepresented? I think it was probably underrepresented because it's a very unforgiving deck, and I think it might not have the highest win percentage against what people were expecting to see. Yep, I agree. And this was... Like, I think that was purely a meta call that a bunch of the pros made and said, yeah, you know, like, Death Shadow's sweet, but is it sweet enough? And I think the answer was no, and people went with different decks. And this yeah. was half-limited, half-modern, correct? Right, yeah. Well, three rounds of limited each day. So six total rounds of limited and uh, ten rounds of modern. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing. Is like, you know, it's the Mythic Championship. It's it's showcasing amazing players, but is it showcasing amazing modern players bringing their modern decks? Right. This this comes back around to an issue I have with the Mythic Championship. I think they need to do away with the limited portions uh, when showcasing standard or modern. I don't think we get a real grasp of the format when they're showcasing limited. I enjoy playing some limited formats. Like Modern Horizons, uh, uh, you know, draft is incredibly fun, uh, but it's boring to watch. It's incredibly boring to watch. Um, I I honestly think, like, uh, Freddie and I talked about this. I like the drafting portion more than them playing. Um, and I, I don't think it's a recipe for, for good viewership. And I don't think it showcases the format very well. Um, it almost hides information, which I do not like. So I really wish they'd do away with it. Um, like, Star City used to do standard legacy for the longest time. Yeah. And I, I think, honestly, it's standard modern. They bring in so many more viewers because... Oh, I would love to see that, where they play constructed standard and modern in the same event. That would be well, awesome. Well, that's what the Invitational is. But no, okay. uh, the, what they used to do was day one would be standard, and it'd be mm -hmm. one event, and the whole event was that day, and the top eight would be the next morning, and then Legacy would fire on Sunday, and the top eight would be in the evening. So you had two opens with full coverage the whole weekend. So uh, opens used to be one-day events rather than two. Mm. Gotcha. The last nice. open I played in was a one-day event. Yeah, I, I just think it's... Like I said, I asked, like, you know, was it limited? Because it just doesn't interest me whatsoever. It just, and I know some people love limited, and I think the concept of it being kind of like, you know, sort of triathlon type thing where you got to do one thing and then you got to do the other one, you know, it's like proving that, you know, are you the best magic player, not are you the best modern player, which yeah. is cool for a tournament, but not my, my cup of tea. My, my opinions on limited aren't well shared or uh, aren't, you know, well received or very shared, I guess I should say. I think there is definitely a larger aspect of luck to limited, um, less so in draft than in sealed, than what there is in construct. Obviously, you know, deck building with what you got is a real skill. But if you just get past doo-doo, there's nothing you can do. Um, you know, I can molly in a shitty hand. Um, I can choose to play in a, a good deck. Um, I can't choose for the limited pool to be good. Um, and for me, you're adding another layer of variance to the game, and that's my least favorite part. So I hate limited. I, I don't enjoy it. I know there's a lot of big brains out there that talk about how it's, it's the most skill-intensive part of Magic. Oh, well, there's definitely a skill to it. Um, I, I do not deny that. There's definitely a skill factor. But anybody who denies that luck plays a huge, huge role in limited is kidding themselves. If you, if you have shitty picks, like if you get past garbage, there's nothing you can do. You know, you, you've, lost, you've lost your limited pool, right? I yeah. think, though, I think also at the level that these guys are playing, 
the skill level is higher all around as far as reading your picks and what's coming to you and what's not as opposed to like me sitting down to draft and it's like well what do i do now i don't know this is garbage i just wasted 20 dollars. i'm going home uh you know i think that i think there is more skill when there are skilled players around you well you'd be surprised how many pros are not good good limited players like you know just because you queued for a pro tour doesn't mean you touch limited i've queued for a pro tour you see how often i play limited Right. And I understand that as well. But I'm saying like that aspect of like the skill set to it yeah. um, of like kind of like Justin said, that triathlon and like having, you know, or who's the best magic player at the Mythic Championship. You know, you have to do well in both limited and in constructed and to get there. So, yeah, like like yeah. I, I see both sides of it. I see where you're coming from, like because a lot of times for myself, that's how I feel when I play limited is like. I'm not that good at it. I don't end up typically having fun with it because I like to win. I don't win a lot at limited because my skill set is low. And it's kind of that, you know, catch 22 cycle of like, well, this sucks. And, you know, I'm just going to play some constructed. Right. We're not all Ben Stark. Like we can't all just crush limited. Oh, um, and to answer your question, no, I don't think it's being pushed out. So <laughs> you're saying I, I, I create tangents. I, I guess that that is true. Sorry. You do. That. Yeah, no, you're fine, buddy. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't think Shadow's being pushed out. I think it just, it just wasn't the right deck for the weekend. On the other hand, I do think Infect's being pushed out. There's too many free one damage effects. Um, and then what do we think are going to be the big, uh, like, what do we think was the big winner from this weekend? What do we think is going to be, like, good going forward? Uh... I don't know. I mean, like, I think Hogak's obviously a force we reckon with. Uh, more so than I had initially admitted last week. Um, I'll admit I was wrong. Like, I don't I don't really know where we go from here. I guess, it, you know, things are gonna... People are gonna tune to start hitting this and then find weaknesses in what the tune is doing. So, like, it just... You know, it's that ever-evolving what's gonna happen next. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of Jund. Uh, yeah. Which I'm fine with. Like I said, that's the kind of deck I want to see thrive in modern. I want derpy midrange decks to be good. Speaking of, like, uh, my new baby recently that I've been toying around with is Bant Snow. Um, even though Bant Snow Company did very poorly at the Mythic. Um, Arkham Astrolabe is a very good magic card. Uh, I'm super, super excited. Uh it's I think it's very powerful. Um, I'm playing with Teferi Time Rattler right now, so I'll let you guys know next week how I do this weekend. I'm gonna be playing Bant Snow Midrange with a bunch of fair creatures, <laughs> so you'll get to hear in the next podcast. Can you go through the uh, Spellcaller Teferi? Oh yeah, yeah. So for those who don't know, um, Spellcaller and Teferi Time Rattler have a really cute interaction. Uh, if you have a spell under the spell queller of your opponents, and they remove the queller, the spell is exiled forever uh, because of the Teferi. Alternatively, you can bounce the spell queller to your hand with your Teferi, buy your queller back doing that, draw yourself a card, and exile your opponent's spell for free. And then just repeatedly do that with queller and Teferi over the course of the next several months. Um, it's not a hard lock by any, by any stretch, but god is it a lot of value. Um, it it just feels so so good. Would highly recommend uh, 
that uh, trying that interaction out in a deck if you haven't. There's the Just Guy Timbo deck that floats around that also does it, and oh man, it's just so cool. <laughs> how uh, how do you feel like your Tron is uh, your Tron matchup is? Because I'm I'm looking at your your sixty. <laughs> yeah, you're you're looking at the main deck. Um, I think uh, I think it's gonna be hard. I think sideboards get a lot of tools. Uh, it's gonna have to have a lot of tools for it. Um, there's definitely an argument for. I will likely be playing some number of Knight of the Reliquary going forward. In which case, I can fit in a card like Field of Ruin, um, and a card like Romanoff Excavator, and just yeah, just dig through. Um, I've I've been toying around a lot. But uh, a well-placed Field of Ruin paired with like a sideboard Surgical can really take them out. And in the sideboard, I have cards like uh, cards like Stony Silence to help fight them, which will be nice. Um, and my boy Collector Oof. But uh, <laughs> otherwise, yeah, you just go with your Plan A and try to just smack them in the face as hard as you can. Uh, turn to Spell Queller on like their uh, on their Star or whatever off of a Noble Hierarch can actually be pretty backbreaking against them. Um, Remand is also actually quite good, uh, but I'll probably be cutting those going forward. But yeah, dinky cards like Kitchen Finks are not very good against them. Uh, Coatl's okay. Uh, it it blocks uh, blocks uh, Corn Coil Engine pretty well, which is nice. And you do have uh, Tommy O Collector of Tales and Eternal Witness to rebuy your Coatl's if need be, so... There's a main deck Kasali Pride Mage as well. Uh. <laughs> yes, yeah, like nice little value package. It's, I mean, it, I, I, I probably good versus a lot of these kind of fair, more fair decks. No, like Judd. Really yeah, <laughs> um, not very great versus these uh, turn three. I'll play you know Karn Liberated type decks. But. Yeah, I, in testing too, this it's been good against Hogak as well. Like I have, like I have the Paths, I have the Teferis. Um, very good against the Hogak. Being able to play Teferi on turn two is huge. Um, so it's it's been very nice. Um, and then I have Scavenging Ooze in the main as well as just a little hedge. Obviously, Scavenging would be insane against them, but it does help. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely want to I definitely want to get the Night Engine in here. I think um, the Tron weakness is very real. But I think maybe the Remands. I don't want to play Collected Company in this deck. I do not like the degree of randomness that it creates, especially in a build like this. I think I might just end up playing a card like Eladomri's Call, uh, now that it's modern legal, uh, or maybe uh, Finale of Devastation. Uh, Either of those cards would probably be fine in a shell like this. What's the first one that you said before Finale? uh, Oh, Eladomri's Call. It's a green-white instant. uh, Search your library for a creature, and you put it in your hand, right, Justin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Isn't it? Uh... So it's just a green white tutor. Mm-hmm. It was in it was in Modern Horizons originally in like Torment, I think, or Plane Shift originally. Yeah, search okay. a library for a creature, reveal it, put it in your hand, and then shuffle. Sweet. Yeah. So, but it's uh, yeah, this is the kind of deck that wants that. I think. Um, I don't know. Like, this is a deck that could easily play like the Druid combo, but that's not what I'm trying to go for. Like, the Druid combo decks fall apart pretty hard if. You don't if you take them off their engine. This yeah, they is, do. This is just a fair value creature deck. Um, is that the best thing in the world to be doing? Eh, no. Uh, is it fun as hell? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, I was gonna play Voice of Resurgence in this deck until I remembered 
um, Patrick Sullivan uh, saying, what an idiot with your basic island and your voice of resurgence deck uh, in reference to Todd Stevens. Uh, so I think I probably won't play voice of resurgence in this deck, though Arkham's Astrolabe makes that much less of an issue. Uh, so that card's very good. Do you have a place like web searchman that, that uh, people listening could could view the deck list? Um, I'll I'll attach an Imgur link uh, inside of the uh, the description for the podcast for sure. Um, and uh, this is uh, this is a tentative list, but yeah, if anybody's got any feedback on what they any cards they think would be good, this is this is a, a fresh little brew of mine. I I'm very fond of green white creature decks. Oddly enough, uh, even though I play a boatload of control. But yeah, other than that, uh, I, I I think it's fun. I don't think it's great, but I think it's fun. Um, but yeah, I think that's uh, actually going to do it for tonight, unless you guys got anything to add. No, I think that's uh, that wraps it up. Yeah. Uh, hey, Freddie, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me online at uh, ClassicAlfredo86 on both Instagram and Twitch. I haven't been streaming much lately. Uh, just been busy, so hopefully going to be getting back on that here sometime soon. Justin, you want to plug your wife's uh, Instagram again? Yeah, if you guys want to see some cool art, go to Watered Down Art. It's watered, period, down, period, art on Instagram, and she does a bunch of watercolors and stuff like that. It's really cool. I'm following her right now. Do and it, then you he, enjoy it. Uh, I'm, I'm a big art freak. Uh, yeah. And then you can find me at ours is the fury on Twitter and Instagram and Eldenari on uh, Twitch. And then you can find all of this on patreon.com slash eternal implication. Um, so it's, uh, we've got some cool rewards over there. If you guys want to take a peek, uh, we're just using it to expand the podcast, not liner pockets uh, or pay for pro tour, uh, pro tour travel. So if you want to go give that a peek, maybe contribute, we'd really appreciate it. But I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, yeah. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great night, and uh, we'll see you next week.